Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Sega does what Neo Geo do. Patrick, what? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Sega Ages, and, of course, because we promised, an update on the Billy Mitchell cheating scandal. Then come back on Thursday. We're going to be making our, our, our lists for the Game Boy Classic Edition consoles, aided, of course, by you, our listeners. Thank you, everyone, for sending all of those in. But uh, in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. It's a good day, a good week. Uh, it feels nice. It was warm this weekend. It's not anymore. Uh, I saw a Quiet Place this weekend. Sounds great. I really want to see it. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. This weekend, I was like, I could see any of three movies. I could see Blockers. I could see Quiet Place. And I- Rampage. And Rampage, yes. How did you know? Because <laughs> you, know that- you love The Rock. I- <laughs> I like that you said you love and then like looked around the room to like as if to give yourself a second to think of like what does Patrick like from that movie? <laughs> well, I know it's not gorillas. You you know I don't like gorillas. Yeah. All right. Well, that's true. Sure, I really just I really just don't like gorillas. Before we get started, uh we have something that we need to ask of you, our listeners. If you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us a ton. Uh, if we get 50 reviews, we can maybe, maybe go to E3 this year. We can su- submit an application as press. Uh, submit, yes. We can do that, and then someone can review it and say, maybe. Yes. Right? That's, and that's all we want. We're all, hoping for wait list. Yes. We are just hoping for the man to, you know, look, peer over his glasses and go, I don't know. <laughs> that's what we want, right? <laughs> Um, but for that, we need 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts, and so that's where you come in. Uh, special thank you to the people who've given us five-star reviews over this last week, June S. and uh, Nikki BK 2 sf Thank you, both of you, for those five-star reviews. Uh, you could do this, too, and we would read your iTunes username on the show. Yeah, and we're, of course, looking at Apple Podcasts in the u.s region that's right so if you're rating and reviewing us in other regions or in stores that are not apple Podcasts, we really appreciated it as well right and if you just want to like shoot us an email so like we know that it happened that's great too we're just nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com but if you want to just like do it in quiet and like not tell us about it like it's a little mischievous but one reason you might want mm. to tell us is because if you're dying for guest weather to return You've got to leave it in a five-star review. That's right. Guest Weather is a segment that we only do by special request. Uh, this week's spe- uh, special guest weather... Uh-oh. <laughs> special request guest weather is uh, Regina... Regina? Regina, Saskatchewan. Take your pick. Take your pick. I gave you all the options. Um, it looks like they're having a, a, a winter, but maybe not too bad of a, of a winter. We're looking at like 36 degrees. I mean, it is 40s. April. 
I understand. So you're saying it's no longer winter? So I'd say it's a bad spring. <laughs> when does spring technically start? Did it already? Uh, oof. Ooh. Yeah, I w- yes, definitely, right? At the end of March? Oh, like March 20th? Because winter started like December 21st. We so may not know months. the seasons. But what we do know mm-hmm. is that this guest weather was requested by June S. So the biggest of ups to June S and Regina, Regina, or Regina. Saskatchewan. Uh, also, here's another thing that we've got that we got wrong. I'm, I'm about to drop a little debug on you. Um, last week, I said that Ikaruga was a brawler, and that is uh, simply not right. It's a, it's a top-down, like, shoot 'em up I don't know what game I was thinking of, uh, but it wasn't Ikaruga. So there we go there. Um, Sonic Forces. Uh, my copy of Sonic Forces is still uh, lost in the ether or the U.S. mail. But we're not giving up. We're not giving up uh, hope on the Sonic Forces borrowing program. If you would like to someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, please send your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And uh, eventually, someday, maybe you'll get to borrow my copy of this game. Would you be upset if I purchased a copy of the game to give to you <laughs> for you to... Uh, start sending out, and then maybe at some point we'll have two copies. Uh, I mean, whatever in the rotation, whatever form this thing takes, I I feel like I've uh, put whatever mechanics in place to share this thing, and if more copies of Sonic Forces find their way to me, either through our listeners or through you, however it happens, I'm happy to continue. That's the process. right. The Sonic Forces trading program is like a river. You know, it just goes wherever it wants to. That's right. It conducts us. I don't conduct it. Is it basically all I'm saying? Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I've been spending a lot of time with my Super NES Classic Edition. Did anything like bring this on in particular? Um, yes, actually. I uh had I was getting excited about the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. And I was like, hey, you know what? I have access to one of those games right now, Mega Man X, on the SNES Classic. And I believe I actually talked about it last week that I, that I popped it in and was playing it and what a good solid action game it is. Um, I finished that game off, uh, which was great. Like, I you know, maxed out Mega Man. And um, one of the things that I would like, the my stumbling point for me always in those games is when you get to in regular Mega Man games, the Dr. Wily castles, or in Mega Man X, the Sigma levels, which is just like the end game, right? Where it gets like hard. Um, and also it's the part of the game that's near the end. So like you don't really have any of that, you know, repeated memory from, you know, when you were a kid of playing it over and over again, you would just reach that point and be like, well, this is too hard. I'm going to go play outside. Um, and having the ability to rewind a little bit with the uh, SNES Classic or throw down a, a save state and just try something over and over again felt great. I felt like a god just barreling through Sigma. Um, what a great game. But then I didn't let this stop me. I moved right into uh, Friday night. I started Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and was like, I wonder how long it takes me to play this game. Two days. It takes, it, takes, it takes me two days to play Link to the Past. Uh, maybe like six hours of gameplay, five and a half. Um, and that was another one where like uh, I wasn't really like scrubbing the, uh, the save states or anything like that. But because the game's not really that difficult. Um, but it's just so satisfying to like 
find everything and just like get link stronger and like feel like you know when the first time you pop into the dark world and there are those uh, giant cyclops guys throwing bombs and you're like i have to hit him with a sword like 30 times to kill him and then you know upgrade the sword upgrade the sword upgrade the sword through various means you know um and then you're coming in and you're like whacking them twice with the sword and they blow up. It's so satisfying. I mean, when we did our Zelda rankings, A Link to the Past was number one, right? Uh, no, I believe Breath of the Wild ended up being our, <laughs> our, our number one. Of course. But, but <laughs> Link to the Past was my number one. That's, oh, yes, that's right. That's what I was bringing to the <laughs> table. Um, and because I am a weak, spineless man, I said, yeah, Mark, we can put Breath of the Wild at number one. I still think our definitive <laughs> ranking was right. I mean, it has to be. It's definitive. Um, great episode, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, like November, maybe? Hey, I'm not going to do that homework. <laughs> Someone else can look it up. Um, and then I also spent some time playing Super Castlevania, which is a game that I had not really played before. Yeah, so tell me your thoughts. Um, it is my favorite Castlevania game. I can see, so it is more of the, um, it, it's less of the Metroidvania style. and It's more, not at all. It's not yeah. at all. Um, uh, so I uh, previously had only purchased it on like, um, you know, like a, a, the Wii Virtual Console uh, and thought that the beginning of the game, and I think this still is weak, that the beginning of the game kind of sucks, uh, more or less feels like you're playing the original Castlevania and... Uh, while I was playing it on Sunday, I was like, I don't get what Mark sees in this game. And you saw, like, the maybe the third or fourth level or something like that, where the game really starts to get interesting and uh, does some, like, really strange things with the graphics and with Mode 7 and rotating really large um, sprites on screen. Uh, like, there, there are some parts where you're swinging from these chandeliers, which are just giant sprites. Um, which, you know, looks janky, right? But, like, it's something that would have blown your mind to see it in 1991 or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a really cool, super fun, like, action game with, like, uh, kind of creepy, inventive uh, enemies, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's definitely not as, like, technical or really as well-made as something like Symph- Symphony of the Night, but I just think it's so awesome like (laughs) like the music is great it's it's like Mm -hmm. boss you know yeah yes there there is a lot of just like cool there my favorite part of this game you are like going in on you know every level is kind of based around one monster right um and my favorite level that i uh, that i played i didn't actually get all the way to the end um is like you're going into a ballroom and the boss is like uh, ghosts that are like lovers or something they're like dancing um and so like you're going into this ballroom and they i don't know the whole thing it it's weirdly atmospheric and like totally effective even for just like a uh, an action game like you feel like you're there and the music's so good the music is super good yeah uh you were playing a little bit of mega man i was playing a little bit of mega man type game i was playing mighty gumball burst oh yeah tell um, me tell so, me like how... making my way yeah. through it uh, I like it. It's fine. It's proficient. I, you know, I, I don't really have much to say other than that. Like, uh, I don't think it's graphically amazing. I don't think the music's super awesome. I don't think the mechanics are, uh, like blow me away cool or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's fun. It's scratching the itch of just like, oh, here's a two D platformer, you know, like action game that I can just pick up, play for a little bit, not really have to pay that much attention to. Yeah, and then I can put it away and 
you know, I'll get back to it when I get back to it. Uh, are you still mostly playing as Gunvolt, or I have? Uh, I'm just playing as Gunvolt. You're not playing yeah. as Beck at all. No. Or uh, does uh, the the Galgun Angel is she automatically a playable character, or do you have to buy her? It must be a DLC. Okay. Because uh, unless you unlock her later, because I no, just I have the two options so. to begin with. Um, but well, it's great, and it's only yeah. ten bucks. So, uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I mean, I think it's a, a solid game, especially um, at that price point. And if you're looking for a Mega Man-style game and, well, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a Mega Man-style game, the Legacy Collections are coming out in just a couple weeks, and then the X Legacy Collections just a couple months after that. So maybe maybe just calm down and also get Gunvolt Burst and, and play that. It's a good time. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Is there anything we really need to talk about in new releases other than Labo, Labo. coming on April twentieth? Um, I think that's I think that's about it. Uh, well, we can t- uh, just to mention that the Neo Geo game is real about Fatal Fury special. I don't really know anything about it, but it's uh, just you know I like the Neo Geo games. <laughs> um, yeah, Labo coming out on the twentieth in uh, two different sets: the variety kit and the robot kit. Um, also, there's the customization kit, which is you know like, like special tape and markers, decals and, and stuff. Yeah, I did order the customization kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have since, uh, and I've pre-ordered the variety kit. I pre-ordered the robot kit and canceled that pre-order, saying I, I this will be enough. Yeah, for another day, robot kit. Perhaps for another day. Perhaps for another person. Yes. Right? Uh huh. I can I can set it free to someone else mm-hmm. to prove that it loves you. Um, are you, a, wait, you so that it'll it. come back? Yes. I see. If you really love something, you set it free. Of course. That's right. Um, are you excited about Labo? Yeah, I am. I am more interested in seeing what kind of impact it makes in the world um, than I am playing it myself. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun. And maybe I'll end up really loving it. Uh, but right now, I, I think it'll just be like a cool thing. My expectation is that it's going to be a cool thing that we will do, yeah. and then I will never really feel any need to go back to it ever again. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll probably probably be like getting together to do a puzzle or yes. something. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be fun in a very like procedural, we're in this together kind of way, and that'll be nice. All right, uh, so that's what is uh, coming out this week, Mark. Let's move on to the next segment. It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, this is maybe perhaps Nintendo-adjacent. I want to talk about God of War. I would say it's not Nintendo-adjacent. I think... Uh, Sony, of course, our arch nemesis. Oh, geez. Could okay. not get any further away <laughs> from Nintendo itself. I mean, I would argue that, like, Halliburton is further away. Just as far as, like, Monsanto? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, because Halliburton, I would say, probably still uh, connected to technology. Monsanto, also maybe technology, but maybe, like, biological technology. God of War. I'm excited about this game. It's coming out on Friday, uh, same day as Labo. 
Um, and it is the newest entry in a I think you have to storied put a, I think you have to put a quarter in the talking about Nintendo during 433 jar. Did I? You did said I do Labo. It? I said. Oh, you I talked about Labo. I apologize. Uh, then it's just coming out on Friday. The date of nothing else. I'm excited about this game, Mark. I I like the series. Um but have, you know, kind of fallen away from it. Were you always three... excited about this game? Like, when it was initially revealed at E3 2016, were you like, oh, cool? Uh, what Was I like, oh, cool? Yeah. Uh, I kind of. I, I s- could see... So the thing about God of War is that it has a history of being, like, an ultra-violent, over-the-top kind of series. And, you know, it was obvious from its reveal that they were going for something different. Um, and... I think maybe from my first impressions of it, I didn't know whether that was like uh, a, a pretentious kind of like, you know, is it going to earn the sort of tone that it looks like it's going for? Because, um, you know, we play a lot of games that I feel like are, uh, we're, we're looking for the fun, I feel like a lot of times in, in games and something self-serious like that, I'm not always going to be able to connect with. Well, I, I, I think both of us feel like in the majority of uh, examples, Game stories are bad. Yeah, no, like, I, I agree with games that. Games are a poor storytelling medium. And right. so a, a game that is trying to achieve something thematically usually fails. Right, unless it achieves it also through the gameplay. And, you know, there are exceptions. Like, I'm a big uh, fan of the Naughty Dog games. I like The Last of Us. I like Uncharted. So, like, you know, I, I don't think storytelling in games, even, like, cinematic storytelling is impossible. Um, just rare and it takes a, an exceptional game to achieve that sort of thing um and just uh you know having there's a little bit of scuttlebutt about like how good this game is right now it's reviewing very well and all the advanced word on it is like this is one to to watch for um so i'm yeah i'm i guess i am much more excited now than i was when it was originally announced also because like there's a little bit of that rub between like what i knew god of war was and which i liked um and uh you know what it's presenting itself as now um and like i mean it's maybe not too much of a surprise for me because i think that even in its over-the-top crazy like violence and gore and stuff that god of war knew what it was doing um god of war 3 ends with you pummeling zeus's head in like a cut scene right or it's a quick time event and you're just like pushing a to punch zeus's head and the game never asks you to stop pushing X. Um, so, like, you're just doing it forever. You have to, you have to make yourself stop. Um, and it's one of those times where you're like, the game can just command you to be violent and gross, and you'll do it. Um, which I know is like a point that, uh, uh, oh, what's that game? That military shooter? Spec Ops, uh, the line. Um, that's a point that, like, that game drives at, uh, that, like, you know, video games make you do dumb violent things and like you're just okay doing it because like it's telling you to do it um and i don't know i was like oh yeah god of war made that point like two years ago um are are you excited for this game at all i i'm not really uh the reviews and like how well it's being received has definitely changed like i'm more interested in seeing it yeah um some of like the stuff that they're touting like the technical aspects of it, how like it's all presented in one. Yeah. Uh, there's no camera cuts. Right. Like, you know, it's just one seamless experience. I think sounds really cool. Although obviously easier when the camera is third digital. Person. Oh yes. yes, yes. <laughs> it's a also. virtual can- camera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, oh, well, and I guess we'll uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. So thank you, Kyle. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Okay, we promised it, and we are men of our words. We mm-hmm. are men's of our word. We are men's of our collective word. Uh-huh. We are a show of our word. Yes. Uh, okay. Billy Mitchell news. Billy Mitchell, just to update, uh, accused of, uh, he's a, 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 an arcade game playing guy. I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. He's a guy who holds many high scores on classic arcade games, was accused of cheating. And, and not related to me, as far as I know. That's right. Uh, okay, so Twin Galaxies, which is a website and also, I guess, forum that keeps track of a lot of high scores, has determined that the footy, footage Mitchell submitted for his world record setting run on Donkey Kong was not played on the original hardware, that it was emulated. So he has been stripped of his title. His scores have been removed from Twin Galaxies and also the Guinness World Book of Records. And he has been banned from future Twin Galaxies events. Uh, and previously, Mitchell had uh, records in Guinness for both Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. And so both of those are gone. He has lost the world record. He had them, and then he was not beaten, and they're gone now. So uh, Mitchell continues to deny allegations of cheating, and he avows to expose the truth. Uh, in a recent statement, he said, quote, We will show that everything that, was, that has been done, everything was done professionally, according to the rules, according to the scoreboard. The integrity that was set up, not 2014 forward by the current regi- regime, who wants to reach back 35 years. Everything will be transparent. Everything will be available. I wish I had it in my hands right now. I wish I could hand it to you. But it takes a considerable amount of time, witnesses, documents, everything. Everything will be made available to you. Nothing will be withheld, end quote. Kind of a rambling statement. Kind of a rambling statement. Uh, how do you feel about this, Mark? I mean, I have no stake in this. Sure. I do not know Billy Mitchell. <laughs> None of us have a stake in so, this. So, you know, maybe it'll turn out that he really has been taken down by, you know... A technicality? Yeah, by a technicality or something. So what it's... I mean, the thing that's weird about this is, like, no one is necessarily accusing him of using, like, uh, tool-assisted... Like, the, of, of his runs being tool-assisted, just that they're being played on emulated software. That's my understanding, yes. Um, and if that's the case, and it performs more or less identically to the arcade cabinet, like... He's he maybe is still achieving these amazing things, just not to like the exact letter of you know what their rules are. But the thing is, like, dude knows the rules, right? So like, and the point that the rules are there is that way it's an even playing field. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. Like, it's always uh, if if you've watched the documentary King of Kong, which features Billy Mitchell, um, uh, achieving the Donkey Kong high score, um, losing it and then getting it back, uh. His opponent, Steve Wiebe, like shows up to the Twin Gal- Twin Galaxies arcade, uh, whatever the ar- arcade is, where like they're actually doing these feats, and like uh, has challenged Billy Mitchell to like go head to head. Mitchell never shows up, um, and Wiebe's like, "All right, fine, I'm just gonna do this," and sets the record, and then uh, Mitchell sends in a tape of like him doing it. So like, it's easy, I think, to root against Billy Mitchell because you're like, "Show up, man." Show up and, like, earn this thing there. Don't, like, send in a tape of you doing it. You don't send in a tape to the Olympics, right? Like, you go and you run on the day. Um, and I guess I also don't necessarily understand 
the reason for using an emulator versus uh, an arcade tab arcade cabinet. It's like I'm guessing the dude has access to a arcade cabinet. I mean, you would think so. You would think that Billy Mitchell could go up to anyone who owns a Donkey Kong arcade cabinet and say, "Hey, can I play that?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, it's all yours, buddy." Right? Yeah. I would. I don't even like the guy. I'd let him do it. But rest assured, dear listener, Mm. that any further updates, we will have them for you. Yes, that's right. And uh, we'll probably be towing the the sort of middle line all the way through. Because there's a lot of like, uh, he did this wrong and Billy Mitchell being like, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. And there's also a lot that I don't understand. Mm, mm, mm. About emulation, about high scores in Donkey Kong, uh, about Billy Mitchell himself. Is he related to Mark? We'll never know. Okay. We're kind of just doing the house cleaning up top, right? And in right. knocking out some things, knocking out some things, and in that, uh, it's another segment in our favorite recurring segment. Mm-hmm. Not news. This is not news. Do we need a theme song? I'm gonna contact Apit Betty. We're gonna get a theme song for this is not news. I think it's gonna be coming up a lot. All right. Okay. So in an interview with the BBC following the BAFTA Awards, where Breath of the Wild took home a prize for innovation, Nintendo's Shinya Takahashi said something like, um, and this is through a translator or through translation. So, uh, quote, Nintendo constantly works on hardware. So we have been doing research and development. You may see the new system sometime in the future, period. And quote, that's all he said on the subject. So say it with me. This is not not news. Everybody is always working on new hardware all the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Uh, so when do you think we're going to see the Switch to? <laughs> Any day now, because <laughs> Takahashi was talking about it just last week. Uh, yeah, good point. This is not news. Of course, they're working on a successor to something else or possibly a third pillar. You know, who, who knows? Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll see new hardware sometime in the future. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, breaking news. Okay, all right. I'm breathing. Calm down. Like, are you, are you okay? it all out of the way. Do you need to take a break? Nope. Now right. we can just go like right into I'll, the rest I'll, of it. I'll stop the recording here if we need to like do some breathing exercises. Talk about Mac Weldon underwear. <laughs> Whatever, man. All right. Reddit user Camulin uh, mm-hmm. made a cool discovery about the Breath of the Wild Trial of the Sword DLC. Uh, each of the monks that you encounter in the trial are mimicking the poses of the seven sages in ocarina of time yeah so the sages i guess uh at some point in the game they're like in these little poses uh just with like their arms and their hands uh and um the monks are in those same poses which is just a neat little nod to ocarina just another reason why breath of the wild is of course the number one Zelda game in our definitive ranking. that's obviously right but i just had a really good time playing link to the past uh, also, Nintendo's putting out some collectible enamel pins for Breath of the Wild. Uh, they can be purchased in blind packs of one, and there is not currently a price listed for them on Amazon. Yeah, so when you buy one, you're buying a pack, and there's only one in there, and you don't know which one it is. So, huh. Yeah. So I don't get it. it it's, like, uh, it's like getting a pack of trading cards, uh-huh. except there are no trading cards in it. There is one pin. There is one pin. And you don't know which pin it is. Have you gotten a chance to look at these things? They're kind of neat. Yeah, they are kind of neat. Um, they've got like the Divine Beasts. Uh, there's like a bow and arrow set. I like enamel pins. I don't have enough of them in my life. Um, but like, you know, I don't blind blind packs. Yeah, what is that? Is that a sh- like 
packaging error? Do they mean <laughs> to release it that way? It, uh, uh, you know, it's like those. Um, Is it to encourage trading? I think it's to encourage people just buying a bunch and being like, oh, well, I've got to get them all. So I, I'll, I'll buy. I'll just keep buying them until I'll I buy thirty until it's I've like got real all life uh, gotcha games. It's like real life gotcha games, exactly. Uh, last year, Nintendo promised that it would be returning the NES Classic Edition to store shelves, in addition to continually stocking the SNES Classic Edition. While there hasn't been any news on that front necessarily, the Japanese version of the console, um, the Famicom Classic Edition, has been available to order from Japanese retailers in recent days. This is, of course, the first time that has happened in uh, uh, maybe a year at this point. Probably ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, may, so maybe this means we should expect the N- the North American and European versions to come soon? Uh, maybe there'll be some information. This could be something that also just like happens. They're just like available on Amazon or Target or whatever. Um, but that's kind of that's a hopeful sign for people who are looking for those things and never got them. Uh, yeah, crazy that we're coming available. up on two years. I mean, I guess not really. It's been like almost what? when did when did it come out? Like, like November? No, no, November. no, no. I was thinking it came out in September. Even then, we are still a little pretty far away. But the right. first, the NES Classic Edition came out in November. That's right. The SNES Classic Edition, Classic Edition came out in September. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be nice to uh, know what their plans are for that. And I, 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 I think we will never actually know what their plans are. It'll just pop up. Um. And I wonder if we're ever gonna get new news about other Classic Edition stuff, or if like this is the year they're quiet about it. I don't know. I mean, last year E3 came and went, and we didn't hear anything until. Like after E three, right? Just like a week or two after, they were like, "Oh, also by the way, we're doing this thing." And then it came out in September. Like I believe three so. months later. I think so. What are they doing, <laughs> Nintendo? What are you doing? Over the weekend, Sega of Japan announced Sega Ages. Sega Ages, a palindrome. It's a partnership with Nintendo to bring classic Sega games to the Switch. Uh, these can include games all throughout Sega's hardware history. And will eventually include Saturn and Dreamcast games, even though these first ones do not, as far as I know. They're just Genesis games, right? Yeah. yeah. So the first five games that are being released are Sonic the Hedgehog, Thunder Force 4, Fantasy Star, Alex Kidd and Miracle, Miracle World, Gain Ground, and then eventually over 15 titles will be released in all. They're coming out this summer. Uh, no pricing has been announced. So they include some interesting additions. They're, I guess maybe like enhanced or bonus versions of these games. So Mm. Sonic the Hedgehog includes the Mega Play arcade version, which I guess is super rare. I had to look up to see what that is. It was um, an arcade version of Genesis games where you couldn't earn extra lives within the game. You just paid quarters for extra lives. That's pretty funny. So uh, apparently that stuff like that will be included in these releases in addition to the original versions of the game. With like a coin slot peripheral? <laughs> yes, exactly. With a tube hooked mm-hmm. up to You just send your like uh, portions of Bitcoin directly mm-hmm. to Sega of Japan. Maybe they'll have their own bit currency. Uh, okay, so between this and the other arcade archives... Which is what Nintendo, we were alluding to earlier in yeah, the show. Yeah, obviously. It was very clear. Our jokes are always very crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this basically spell the end of Virtual Console? What do you mean, well, the end of Virtual Console? 
virtual it, console i guess you're right what's the difference that there's no like overarching virtual console branding yeah. in the store i mean because i mean it's weird that there is like a, an overarching uh sega branding right that sega is calling their line of classic games coming to the switch sega ages but like if nintendo just does something like that and they're like here is the banner under which we release our classic games i feel like that's fine um i mean i i also feel like they don't even really need to do that like yes they have the uh arcade they are partnered with hamster or whatever to bring yeah. some of their arcade games under the arcade archive yeah all, all those hamster versus uses. games yeah yeah and uh hamster of course is the one that is releasing the neo geo games every week uh but you throw super mario brothers 3 on the store and you don't need special branding for it right well i mean i like i do think that there would be i think it's helpful for the branding if only for like uh knowing how to like sell those things you know uh and i i maybe if you like have it a like a retro section of the store or at least like a search filter yeah that, sure like keeps track of all of those yeah that would be helpful um especially as discoverability becomes more difficult on a ever-growing platform i suppose it's also possible that we are going to see you know we will learn more about nintendo's online stuff someday yeah probably like a week before it's released in <laughs> september right. or something like that or like two days after <laughs> uh and you know we may find out then that like if you're paying for the online service you just get mario 3 or you get access to mario 3 or streaming it or whatever um and so i mean all, all of that i think will come in time and i think we don't know we don't have a name for it and we don't have like pricing or anything because it's going to be something different than what we expect and there's nothing stopping them from being in a few months or even a year to be like, yes, virtual console is a thing now. And so we will take these games that have been previously released and move them to a new section of the store. Yeah, absolutely. Drag and drop. Like there's, yeah, there's no reason, there's no reason everything couldn't change. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 will be coming to the Switch both physically and digitally on June 24th. Volume 1 includes Mega Man X through Mega Man X4 and Volume 2 includes Mega Man X5 through Mega Man X8. Perfect. So, yeah, originally when these were announced, we weren't entirely sure if they were going to be collections. Right, or if they were going to be under the Mega Man Ages banner, and you would buy them one at a time. Uh, so just as previous collections have done, the physical version will be a cart for Mega Man uh, X Legacy Collection 1 and a download code for Collection 2. Right, so there's no physical version of uh, Collection Number 2. Also included in the collection, Day of Sigma, an animated short originally included with Maverick Hunter X, which explores the origin of the series' antagonist. X-Challenge, a boss, a boss rush mode that allows Mega Man to fight multiple bosses at once. This looks cool, by the way. Um, like, the other uh, Legacy collections have included, like, not, not boss rush modes necessarily, but you could, like, fight individual bosses or, like, stage remixes um, to, you know, sort of be the uh, challenge for you to, to overcome but this looks like it's a fundamental like change where it's like here fight these two villains and you can pick three weapons from like across the games to take on these these two. Oh, that does sound cool yeah um and uh yeah so that's a there, it's a bunch of iconic characters and you don't they don't have to even be from the same game um the example was chill penguin with uh a robot boss i don't recognize uh so not from Mega Man x1 <laughs> Uh, there's also stuff we've come to expect from these collections, so like vintage trailers, 
artwork museums, music players, filter options, all that good stuff. All good stuff. So this collection includes the SNES version of Mega Man X3 and not the Saturn or PS1 port. If that kind of thing is very important to you, you should know it's the Super Nintendo version and not the Saturn or PlayStation version. The cost is $19.99 separately or bundled together for $39.99. You lose a penny on that one. <laughs> you might as well buy them separately. You might, you might as well. Um, so this is, of course, a mention of Capcom. Do we do we have any boo Capcoms this week? Is there anything that you want to boo Capcom for? No, I'm excited about this, actually. Yeah, this seems like a decent package. I'm also I'm excited about where the package is divided, because for me, it's a no-brainer to get number one and leave number two on the table. I've heard number two's kind of a stinker, or uh, like those games are not so good. Yeah, like the, the last one of them is like really off the deep end it's like playstation 2 era it's all like 3d graphics it looks gross um and then uh seven and six both have like one of them has like kind of procedurally generated levels it's not who wants that in a Mega Man game you don't want it you Mega Man you should be able to memorize (laughs) that's how I feel the only game from uh the collection number two that I'd be interested in playing is five um because that is the most like the previous ones uh, but one, two, three, four, like that's that's as much Mega Man X as I ever need in my life. So I'm I'm happy with the way these are broken up, and that bu- that X challenge mode sounds super cool. Uh, Patrick, this is Mega Man adjacent. Okay. Or I guess it is Mega Man related, Mega Man X adjacent. <laughs> and I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you don't know the answer, that's fine. Because as we always say, we're fans, not experts. That's right. What is Mega Man Battle Battle Network? So Mega Man Battle Network, I don't know much about. Okay. Um, but I can say that it is a turn-based like uh, RPG strategy style game where, uh, I mean, I guess it's just, it's turn-based. And it takes place, all the characters are like digital. Um, it's not physical robots in the real world. They're all like on a, the titular Battle Network. Um, I have never played a Mega Man Battle Network game. Uh, for, for me, it feels more akin to the... Um, uh, Mega Man X Zero games. So after the X series, there's a series of Zero uh, games that follow that character. Uh, I think there are three of them, um, and they're not great. They're they're kind of half Mega Man, half Metroidvania, but like the worlds are all like too too big and too weird, and just it doesn't really work. Um, so they they have a very similar like super anime aesthetic. Um, that is just a little bit more impenetrable to me and doesn't have like any of the, you know, action game hooks that I need from like the original Mega Man series or from Mega Man X. It's easy to forget that Mega Man was once a huge franchise with so many An spin-offs. enormous franchise. Yeah, because there were a ton of Battle Network games too. So like, yeah, three Zero games, eight uh, X games, 10 original series games. Who knows how many Battle Network, like... There have been a ton of Mega Man games. And to say nothing of Mega Man Soccer. Graceful Explosion Machine has sold over 50,000 copies on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is currently on sale for 50% off, but only for a couple more days. It's fun, stylish uh, shmup. Shmup, short for shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. That... Uh, it's 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 worth your six dollars and fifty cents. Um, I I wrote that news item, so I don't know, Mark, if maybe you were stumbling over it because you didn't want to endorse buying uh this game. No one has put us up to this. Uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society cannot be bought. Um, except of course by Mac Weldon. You don't have to buy their underwear. Or like Squarespace if they wanted anyone, to. Anyone could buy us. It would be fine. 
<laughs> we would acquiesce <laughs> quietly. Um, but Graceful Explosive Machine has done nothing to uh, buy our trust. I just really enjoy that game. I think it's definitely worth um, six bucks now that it's on sale. Last week or two weeks ago or something like that, we discussed Level 5 CEO saying that all of their upcoming games will be coming to Switch. Great. Uh, this week, they revealed Yokai Watch 4 for Switch coming this later this year in Japan. Um, so we have not seen Yokai Watch 3 in the States yet. I believe right? that is true, yeah. Um, all right. You and I have got a lot of distance between us and Yokai Watch, right? Yeah, I think we I mean the most experience I had was I played a demo once at E3 for the first Yokai Watch game when it was tethered to like a Nintendo employee uh while I was waiting in line to play a demo of Star Fox Zero. So not the most ideal way to experience a game. Yeah, and leading into a not great man. That was Look, Nintendo being a Nintendo fan hasn't always been great. Oh, it was ugly for a while. <laughs> it feels really good now. And but... then <laughs> Yokai Watch Two, we played a demo That's right. when it was uh when Nintendo of America was hyping up the release of the game, I believe last year. Uh it seems like a cute Pokemon game esque Pokemon esque game. Just a little uh too young for me. Yeah. And I mean that's totally how I look at these things where it's like, that's too young for me. I hope it does well for the platform and that you know, kids get their parents' switches all sticky with their honey-covered hands. Or jam. I don't know. They're always, like, into the jam. Always into that jam. One company who is still supporting the 3DS is Atlas, who announced Etrian Odyssey Cross X, you know, oh, 10, sure. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm, I, Cross mm-hmm. is what I think it's supposed to be called. Will be coming to the system this year as well. Uh, this is what they promised to be the final 3DS entry in the Dungeon RPG series. and maybe the end of the series for the foreseeable future. The hook of the series is that um, players have to draw their own maps on the bottom screen of the 3DS. Oh. And so once you take away that two-screen experience, there's no really good way to reproduce that on, like, the Switch or anything, or PS4. I mean, it could just, like, quietly suggest that you, like, go to the Notes app on your phone. (laughs) Or, like, a piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, companion app. There you go. You've got a two-screen experience. Yeah, because those are always really fun. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, People love two-screen experiences. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that Nintendo has partnered with Scrum Ventures to, quote, scout startups working on new ways to play or use the Switch. Uh, Scrum will be looking for companies interested in developing new tools for use with Switch, i.e. components, sensors, chips, add-ons, plugins. Uh, things that go in the Joy-Con slots, any anything, and not new games or software. Uh, so that's a, an interesting thing, right? That Nintendo's looking for new ways to make the Switch, like new ways to interact with it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it goes along with what Nintendo has said previously that they one are looking for, looking for and inventing new ways to play with Switch. Like Labo, I think is an yeah. example of that. Uh, and also that they are hoping that the Switch will last longer than the normal six-year life cycle of a console. Yeah. And a way to do that would be to continue to find new and interesting ways for people to play with their Switch. Did you see that there was a, uh, uh, I don't think we have it in, in the, the news here, but there was a patent that Nintendo filed for, um, like, uh, touchscreen, um, like, it, two touchscreens interacting with each other where, like, you can touch one and it affects something on the other screen. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Um, the thinking was that it would be some way to connect switches together and that uh, 
there's the the actual like switch tablets together and um you know move stuff from one screen to another or interact with it across switches that's cool yeah Yeah, i mean i think it's uh interesting and exciting to see nintendo looking outside of itself absolutely um i feel like they are fairly good editors so you know i i don't uh i don't think they're just going to take whatever like bad idea comes across Right, you know, they'll have some some manner of oversight, probably. Well, and I guess more what I'm saying is that like, if nothing comes from this, then I don't think it necessarily like hurts the Switch. Mm-hmm. But I think it is interesting and a market change in the way that Nintendo has worked from the past. Yeah, uh, to see them reaching out to individual like creators or companies. I also think it's important that they are working with the, or they are like kind of seeking partners in this sort of thing. Um, because, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, the stories about uh, third-party docks being, like, damaging to um, Switch consoles because, like, oh, surprise, the Switch draws power at a different rate than everyone expects it to from a, a USB-C cable. Um, so, like, you know, maybe maybe that's part of the thing that they're trying to avoid. Like, they know people are hungry to make add-ons and peripherals and whatever for this thing. But, like, there may still be secrets in this thing that no one understands. Um, and they'd be like, well, bring us your ideas, and we'll just make sure it's not going to turn everyone's Switch into just, like, a, a stone slab. Right. Okay, so finally, there's a rumor... <gasps> a rumor. ...that the previously announced Super Nintendo World for Universal Studios Orlando... Yes. ...has had its plans changed. So, a few years ago, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, maybe two years ago at this point... Universal Orlando announced that Super Nintendo World, which is a theme park land based around Nintendo, would be coming to its theme parks worldwide. Right up our alley. They're currently in construction in the Osaka Universal Studios of Super Nintendo World in hopes to get that open before the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Right. And they were supposed to start have started construction on the or on the Florida one already, but that mysteriously never materialized Mm. so the rumor now is that they instead of putting super nintendo world as in kind of this like landlocked area within the existing park they're going to use it to anchor a third theme park in florida Mm. in their florida resort and instead of super nintendo world going into universal studios orlando theme park they are going to put a pokemon themed area Okay, so to break it down, we're saying brand new theme park based around Super Nintendo World. Or that would prominently feature Super Nintendo World and probably sure. some other like IPs or something. And then Pokemon goes in the spot that was already set aside for Super Mario. Yes. Super Nintendo mm-hmm. World. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of cool. Does that mean that the Pokemon stuff comes first? I guess we don't know. Yeah, I, I, we don't think it's too far away here to really right. speculate. And this on. is all rumors. Everything is rumors. Uh, you know, next week we might be talking about this in the not news section. That's right. Hey guys, this is not news. But for this week, it is. For right, for right now, we're pretending it's news. Um, wh- I'm more excited for yeah. like a Super Nintendo World than I am a Pokemon Park. But that's just my personal taste. That is my personal taste as well, especially because I feel like. Uh, like the uh, Pokemon world feels too, it feels too interactive and like personalized to be a theme park attraction, right? Like if you're not walking around with your Squirtle, 
like what even is a Pokemon park. Right. I mean, I guess you could go down a water slide and like a Charmander could like, you know, breathe fire at you. And that would be fun too. So I'll stop. I mean, I would like I'll stop it. complaining. It sounds great. <laughs> but it's, it, it sounds great. Uh, I don't know. I think it could be, I feel like you could do an entire theme park that's Super Nintendo World. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I like the idea of them having more space and making it bigger and better. I don't know. I'm excited. I just want them to open one here. Here in, in LA? Or just like in the US in general. Or, you know, we can just go to Japan in 2020 and we go will, to the one in Osaka. We will go to all these places. Uh, there'll be a field trip. We'll record on location. It'll be wonderful. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, and that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps us a bunch. Even if you don't think you've got, like, big reach or whatever, we would love for you to share the episode um, on Twitter. Uh, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Nincart Society. We're on Facebook as well. It's just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, and if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we also write about comic books on the review site, retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music, theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. Maybe he's going to write some more music for us. I have to talk to him about that. Uh, if you like Ape at Betty's music, you can check it out at apeatbetty.com or you can listen right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller is saying, thanks for listening. Campfire.